This is the Sounding Board Podcast with Hachi and Damo. Thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to drink wise. Nice to have your company on the sounding board for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to drink wise. We are talking on this particular week on the Thursday morning, straight out of the Wednesday night deadline of AFL Trade. 2022. It's Series 7, Episode 36 of The Sounding Board, and we are both in the South Bank Studios. Hello to you, Craig Hutchison. Happy holidays, Damo. <laughs> Happy 22 not weeks. Yet, not yet. Well not done. Yet. You not made yet. it. <laughs> Trade radio's over. Well done. It was an uh, extraordinary three weeks. Lots to unpack from the media side of trade, yes. which has become a beast, as we know. Because you, you come at it from that dissection rather than a club who won the battle, who won the war, who looks good in the trade, who looks good in the draft. Of you course. come at it from the media side, don't well, you? Well, I can give you some club news too, if you like. No, no. Well, we've got, not, on this show. not on this show. We've done that for two and a half weeks. Actually, we don't need to talk about can it Can I just anymore. give you one club view before we move on? Maybe. We'll get straight Quickly. into the media. Quickly. How the Gold Coast haven't been whacked from pillar to post about... Well, have been. They well, have, been. have they really? Yeah. Have how you not they... been listening to your own product that you set up 12 years ago? Trade Radio. I have all day. I have been. I've been mean, listening to the reruns at night. That's how committed I've been. I, I'd have done that deal for Jack Bowes. Is it Bowes or Bowes? Bowes. I'd have done that deal for Jack Bowes' grandparents, his next door neighbours, his cousins, instead of him. How have they got pick, pick seven, seven yeah. in the door and only had to pay that amount of money and smother it through their cap? Yep. And how can the sons have allowed that to happen? It is one of the great farces of modern football that we are building a franchise in a development state like Queensland. And a Queensland kid is hmm. is warehoused and shipped out the door. This is very footy, Hutchie, on sounding board. We don't normally go into There's the my f- bit. Now yeah. let's get into the media side, Damon. Well, well, we can get into the personality side of it, but not the actual deal side of it. The media, Damo. Oh, before you get to it, I'm looking forward to your top five Melbourne City Council achievements. You set, I set you the task last week you and you, when you said you liked the Melbourne City Council and I said just produce one idea that they might have been that was good and you said you'd produce five, so I'm looking forward to that. The bad news is that I haven't done it. Oh, <laughs> is, haven't done it or can't find one. The good news is that I do have something to bring to the table in those areas. So uh, I'll be getting that a little bit later on. I have a leaked document from inside. Oh, that's a good tease. I'll give you that. That's, that's a good we will tease. Be what lies with a little bit later on? It's, it's certainly been on the radar. They've got obviously the city of Melbourne have got a team of seven uh, crisis management and Only PR, seven. PR comms. So they've all had many meetings this week to discuss if there'll be a formal response to your criticism of the city last week. And uh, I'm yet to hear from them because they're working through an external PR agency to decide their approach towards me. They're up to the third word I said. There's a consulting group who've come in to assess their initial findings on your comments before they approach me with an official response. But in the meantime, I have a leaked document from (laughs) in-house that I'll be delivering to you a little later on. Hey, Damo, the media is a cruel profession. It can be really tough in trade period. It's competitive. Everyone knows what they're looking for. So we've talked about this before. For the other 30 five weeks of the year, you are competing uh, for an unknown subject of the story. You might be competing for a, an injury story or a coach getting sacked or a political crisis. Yep. But Bo- for thir- a boardroom stairs. Yep. But for 13 days, it is the only true playing field type of media there is in football. And that where someone is or isn't going yeah. is the only product that matters. <laughs> And there's a finite amount of names and bringing a name to the table first. I don't know where you're going, but I, I, I like you when you play in this space. So yeah, where so, are you going? So a name has currency. Oh, I haven't heard that name. Or <laughs> might give that name a run. Yeah. It's hard to come up with a new name and might be moving because there's only a finite amount that move, don't we? Well, ultimately, Hachi, just let me jump in there. Of all the 35 or 36 or whatever it was that did move, I reckon we knew all names in advance. This Every period. one of them is a product now. All yeah. those 35 names are yeah. a product of... 
A brand, even. Uh, they're a, they're a, a, yeah. a subject of debate. There's people that get floated, and there's people that talk down other people's stories. Like, you know, we, oh. we've never really, we've never liked that, Damo, you and I. We've never liked when someone says, Damien Barrett said this, but I'm here to tell you it's not true. Yep. It's disrespectful. We saw a new character emerge during this <laughs> trade period, Damo. Did we? Oh, this better not be me, by the way. Give me a, give me a drum roll, Jane, if you can. Roll it in the drum roll. If you're about to no, produce something, good. No. For the very first time in the football media, we saw somebody... Refute their own story. <laughs> Talk down their own story, Domo. If you don't believe me, have a listen to this. Tim Toby Green's name came up today, the star Giants. I think several clubs have the view that he's a bit frustrated that Hopper and Taranto have both gone to the Tigers or will go to the Tigers. But I was checked with sources directly aligned to Green's night. There's no prospect of a trade. There's no prospect of a trade for Green this period. He's got four years to run on a deal worth north of a million dollars a year. He's also the Giants' coveted co-captain. Tom <laughs> Brown has moved quickly to refute the name that he introduced only 20 seconds earlier, Damo. In the same report. In the same <laughs> report. He's brought to the table. No. There's a name that's emerged on his quote-unquote trade radar. <laughs> But he's here to tell you that's not true. <laughs> Hachi, in his defence on that, I'm, I'm going to play your role. In his defence, I'd heard the name Toby Green too. I, I didn't go with it, but I had. I, I think he was onto something at the time. <laughs> Toby isn't going anywhere, no, mate. <laughs> what does it amuse us, Hachi? <laughs> Tom... <laughs> Tom has moved to distance himself from Tom's report. Was that an exclusive? Tom has exclusively ruled out the possibility of his own lead story being being true. Well, if, if he didn't do it, Mitch was about to. And he pitched that in the chief of staff in the morning. Would that have been one, one of those ones? To- one. Toby Green's story. Got, what, what is it? I've got, no, I've just got one tonight. What is it? There's been talk of Tom Brown. Toby Green. There's been talk of Toby Green moving. But I can officially put a line through that tonight. <laughs> The, Where's the talk come from, though, Tom? Me. <laughs> anyway, t- hey, Tom, save me the long-winded texts and the emails. I'm only having a bit of a laugh, mate. Oh, oh there it is. Normally you do the screw up before you how do you the actual the, How did you assess the Tom and Mitch uh, two headers? I don't know, Hutchie. I don't know what you were like. I, I get that sick in my own thoughts, my own voice in this period that I haven't got too much <laughs> Bandwidth to use your term <laughs> for, for much other work, so I, I didn't absorb as much as of it as I normally would have. Yeah, I, I must be honest. I did because oh, did my <laughs> my Twitter feed was getting hit endlessly with people linking you and I and the sound. Yes, board. I did notice so, that. <laughs> yeah. So I must admit to being clickbaited from time to time and clicking on to having having a, wanting to have a look at the uh, the chemistry setup, as you know. But you're busy doing your top five Melbourne City Council. I was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, but a couple of observations from yeah. the from the Tom. And by the way, Tom Brown, Tom Brown had a terrific trade period, as did Mitch, to be fair. Did he? And did, he? did they? As yep. did Mitch had a very good trade period. He finished strong, Mitch. I know he wasn't, you know, necessarily. I'll tell you who had the best one, and, and it is beyond dispute who won this year's trade period. Scotty Palmer, who? Yeah. The Scotty Palmer Award? Cal Toomey. Very good. On the Sunday night before it started, Jason Horn just Francis. drops the bomb. Yeah. At about 9.30, 10 o'clock at night, everyone's a bit jaded still after yep. the grand final, and he just goes, uh, Jason Horn Francis, out. So yeah, that, that's unbeatable. Our our trade radio product is such a is at such a mature point now where the digital consumption can be tracked by the minute. <laughs> and the Jason Horn Francis was the entire needle mover, like live tracking. Yeah, I would I would argue that he moved the needle more probably 
on that day or two than the other 35 players put together. He, he was there was such fascination in that kid and what he's going to do from the public. Wow, and you can assess that in real time. Anyway, no one to hear that. Um, did Mitch just take it over as the lead anchor of these two headers? Has he? Tom is repositioning himself as the more. Oh, I think there's a repositioning of Tom to the more Mike Sheehan, Robbo sort of senior kind of opinionist slash. Um, you you host young guy. <laughs> I, I'm I'm big enough now to be thrown too. That was how I interpreted the shift. At the start, there was this 50-50 off going on a year ago and an equal share of voice and how many seconds did Mitch get and how many seconds did Tom get and Tom going home checking and running the tape over his intros and now I reckon Tom's gone higher ground style. And he's moved, he's moved into... Only you would think beyond what you see when you watch this stuff, the, the end of this zone. <laughs> you do the throws. <laughs> and now, by the way, Mitch, the last, last on this, Mitch, I think, had the doorstop of the trade. And he broke new ground on the doorstop, I think. Did you see this? And we'll retweet this. He doorstopped Brody Grundy. On a scooter. <laughs> well, he does get around Grundy, on a scooter. Grundy. That wouldn't be the first time Mitch is scooting, scooting past. <laughs> and Mitch and probably Damo Sean, because we know he's a good back runner. Damo, he can run backwards with a camera better than anyone. He could, if, he's very if, good. If, if running backwards with a camera was an Olympic sport, he would be in the Australian Institute of Sport in Canberra teaching other cameramen how to run backwards. He's that good. <laughs> I, I reckon <laughs> Brody. You're on a roll today, by the Brody way. Brody didn't stop. Didn't stop riding, and Mitch and uh, assumed Damo ran along with him at the same pace, interviewing him while he was on a scooter. But did he get the, did he get the two shot? Did he get the two shot? No, he just didn't get framed oh, in well enough. He which, wasn't framed in. But to be fair, <laughs> the guy was the guy was riding a bicycle at the time. At, at How lucky are you to get door stopped on a scooter? He's, he's too guy. He's too big to be riding a scooter too, isn't he, Brody? You know what I think the That's next his mode of transport. You know, I think the next phase of this is. The media have got to get ahead of this and get proactive on scooters themselves on their doorstops. <laughs> I think if if we're watching the first movement of the player doorstop dodger on scooters, because yep. like you watch the scooter phenomenon catch on with players now, the dangers of the world, and they'll be scooting in and out of scans. <laughs> yeah. The old days, you just pretend to be on the phone. Now you just get on a scooter and away you go. And Brody Grundy... I've got an idea for you now yep. you've raised this idea. You get a little GoPro in your helmet on the scooter. <laughs> so you can do it all in one. Yeah. Would that work? If I'm a young journalist trying to find an engineer, I am going to work with a scooter. <laughs> yep. With embedded camera in yep. helmet. Um, do we want to talk about it seriously just ever so before, briefly before we move on off, off trade period? I just wouldn't mind asking your views on the Bulldogs. We saw last night that deal go down to the, the last minute. Really, for a future fourth, yep. for the Bulldogs. What what I did learn, as we a saw a very frustrated Liam Pickering walk out, <laughs> and we did. saw a few rolled eyes from you at the time too. What what happened there? Well, we saw what Luke Beveridge said at the Western Bulldogs best and fairest when he said that uh, Brisbane Lions are going to have to quite pony up to to get Josh Dunkley across the line. Well, he made sure they did, and and you know what the stumbling block was, Hutchie, as best I can tell, and this is what people are telling me after trade period finished last night when I went home and tried to have a uh, just a, a quiet beer, the phone started going. It was a future fourth round that unlocked the deal, a pick that could be, it could be in the eighties, or certainly seventies. Seven. Let's go with seventies. So you, you think that Bevo is being stubborn? I, over over a pick that a lot of clubs would actually not even get to use yeah, just, in a, in a just future. Say that they got something extra. Yeah. 
And, and that, again, other people, as always with trade period, will have a different version as to the stumbling block as to why it took until 7.27 of yep. a 7.30 p.m. deadline of a two-and-a-half-week period. But I could, I could make the counter-argument that they knew the player was going there and they held on for every last thing they could for the last minute they could. Yeah, except it was only hol- um, holding themselves back from doing other deals to get Rory Lobb in. So they were actually uh, – anyway. You're look, not very fair-minded when it comes to Luke, are you? I know this is yeah. not me saying it. I, I in fact, I, I think I got through the whole trade period without mentioning Luke Beveridge's name. Um, other people were mentioning his name, and, and his name was floating around last night from a few different people saying, "Yeah, um, but, things that relate to yeah the fourth round, future fourth round being the stumbling block." And yeah, well done. Okay, so I'm going to read between the lines that you think he he and they were dogmatic on that. <laughs> Yeah, good, good use of that word, Hutchie. Yep. Uh, one more one, one more, and this is a bit serious, but Sam Mitchell cleansing himself and the Hawthorne Footy Club of Alistair Clarkson officially, officially now? I liked it. It's it, it's right in my wheelhouse of proactive decision-making to get better. They're, Mitchell and O'Meara, um, very good servants. As in Tom Mitchell and the player, yep. Brownlow medalist yep. Tom Mitchell. And, and they might and have Jager to take Andy. a yard. They might... Plateau or go a yard back to go forward, but it's to, to reset themselves up for the next run. They bring in a young mid from Geelong who's, who was not far off the uh, when the whips were cracking the cats in Cooper Steve. So I, I think they've done really well, the Hawks. You can play a long game on them, It'd be hard for their fans right now, but courageous, smart, got a uh, vision. Well done. Yep. Where do you want to go now? Seriously, well, have, you, before, have you got the City of Melbourne top five or not? I don't know what, I don't know what to believe with out of your mouth anymore. Yeah, I have a, well, I have a leaked document. Because you were pra- you somehow praise them last week out of nowhere, and I was bagging them as I always do. I asked the question, what do they ever do? And I, I still don't know. And you said they're very good. And I said to you, tell me one thing they've done. And you couldn't tell me in the spot, but you said you'd pr- produce a list of five achievements of the Melbourne City Council. Yeah. So I was sent a leaked email from an operative inside the council. An operative. Who, who, will, just, who will just call Flexi Time for now, right? Okay. He works on Flexi Time. And gets paid well too per hour. Yeah, so he's got flexi hours in there. Actually, sorry, it could be a she. So he or she gets paid well. Oh, yep. it's a he. I, I, I can rule. <laughs> I can rule out fifty percent right. of the employees for you. Okay. It was a he. This email was sent to me saying, "You might want to point these out to Damo." Oh. This came from inside the flexi time hours of the company. So you have got a list I have. from inside the building. Five things: City it's of Melbourne propaganda list. Week one, October ten to sixteen. Enjoy Melbourne Fashion Week, presented by the City of Melbourne. Rock up in Damo's muscle car and he won't look out of place. Actually, I saw a promo for that and part of the narrative around that was, and I forget the specific numbers, but this was going to draw the attention of the world. Like, like, do, do you think someone in in uh, Madrid or uh, New York City is going to care for what happens in the Melbourne City Council fashion? Global brand, No, Damo. I saw this to sell. It's talk of, it was going to introduce no. hundreds of thousands of visitors to the States on the back of a Melbourne fashion show, but not only that, it was going to draw the attention of the fashion world. I did read that. I saw that promo, Archie. What about you? Point one, you've already got cynical. Oh, cynical. How timely, because point two, yeah. October 28, <laughs> take part in a free beginner's Tai Chi class, part of City of Melbourne's healthy ageing program. Tai Chi is a great way to control excess cynicism. <laughs> I reckon the person who sent me this might have thought you might have walked into a bit of cynical point one. When's that on? I might, I might pop in for that one. October 28 yeah. is right into the wheelhouse. Yeah. The beginner's Tai Chi class, yeah. part of healthy ageing. One of the objectives is to control excess cynicism. Yeah, I'll give that person that one. Yep. 
Uh, December 19, uh, yep. playing board games and activities at South Yarra Senior Citizens, another part of City of Melbourne's well, that's an important healthy ageing program. No, I'm, I'm all for engagement of the uh, of the elderly in whatever form, so that's good. Yep. You're, in, you're in that kind of uh, well, age group nearing these days. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, week 16, January 23, start getting a bit tubby here on the couch. Take a swim in the council-owned and managed Melbourne City Baths and take a long walk in the, any of the council parks and gardens, such as Fitzroy Gardens, uh, Birrell Mar or Faulkner Park. And then week five is with a sad feeling of returning to work after 22 weeks on February 27. Get the endorphins flowing by taking part in the Laneways Discovery Running Tour. Eight-kilometre city running tour from Fed Square, Street Art, Hosier Lane, ACDC, and enjoy a midway snack stop to get over your 22 weeks of annual leave on February the 27th. And dodge the bike bike lanes while you So there's five wager way wonderful the initiatives for the City of Melbourne. You can connect to Damo in your 22 weeks off from October 10 all the way through until February 27, which is your neat 22-week annual leave period. And I, I think personally, big circle around that cynicism <laughs> class on the 28th of October. I'm, I might attend that. I might attend that. <laughs> imagine that. Imagine going in for the. Imagine if a whole bunch of cynics turned up for the Tai Chi class on October 28. For everyone walking in. How you going, mate? Can't say this working, can you? <laughs> Waste of time this is going to be. <laughs> I've often wondered. Who's in here? Oh, my, my, my wife. I don't know why. You? Oh, my husband, he thinks, you know. Have, have a look at this place. This is the, it's not even set up properly. This teacher doesn't look like he knows what he's talking about. But your cynicism on that Tai Chi class. <laughs> on that, um, have you ever meditated? Have I? Yeah. I think a long time ago. Have yeah, you? Well, you have, though. Have you? No. Because to your point, I would be working through <laughs> the benefits of benefits that are clearly there for people who do it before it even started. I, I, it'd take me a long time yeah. to to penetrate that sort of You'd wall like, of this is going to work in that. Yeah, yeah I'm going to sit in the corner and face the wall and, uh, <laughs> and block my mind of everything. Have a look, <laughs> yeah. have a look at this genius. <laughs> I That'd really wish I could do that, Hutchie, but That'd be you. I think I'm I too would, far gone. I would meditate if AirPods were allowed in the process. <laughs> And so you can watch Sky Channel while you're doing it. And, and you can, <laughs> so you can watch consume, the race thread Hawksbury. Cons- consume media at the same time, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, speaking of media, I did note at long last, after just another seven emails in the off-season to me, that you have done the Sporting Max podcast with Max Becker. Well, you helped negotiate me doing it, Hutchie, and I, I felt bad that I took a while to get to Max, but what an impressive young man he I've is. I've been telling you that for a long time. Yep. He's a, one of the most impressive young people you'll see, and of course he does a kids edition on SEN on yep. Sunday mornings with Ellie Blackburn. Ellie. I had a, I had a quick glimpse this morning. Glimpse. I had ta- you had a quick glimpse, did you? Ten, you? You looked at it, did you? I got in at 7.20 ahead of the 7.30 podcast. No, you little... didn't. I saw you running here at 7.29, no, but was... you were on time, which is good. I thought I'll spend 10 minutes just crash-coursing on this. Oh, on the... did, oh, did you? Right, yeah. So first, so we'll retweet the entire link if we can, Jane. So everyone, who, oh, the yeah. Damo fans out there, Damo's given himself 54 minutes on Max Becker's podcast. Was it 54, was it? To, have a, to, to, to run, run over his career. It's as boring as my life is. I wouldn't bother listening. And if anyone out not, there, not from Max's point, but just my answers. And I have a challenge for the sounding board fraternity out there who No, 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 listen. no. What I'm asking is this. I, I ran out of time this morning. Oh, yeah, so you haven't glimpsed it, as you said. Could I ask someone out there to do this for me? Oh, you're an idiot. Have a listen to it on one and a half or two speed. Oh, I just five. want a total count on the eyes. Oh. oh, I did this and then I did that. And then, I, of course, I went through here and then I went to the... Uh, there's a lot of eyes. And I think the late, great Danny Frawley would demand that of me. If, if, he, if he were here, he'd be saying... Get Warriors glass eye interview and tell me how many eyes there were. So I want in tribute to Danny, someone to tell her the eyes. 
is Damo a centurion of his own? <laughs> Damo's series on AFL.com of centurions, 100 goals. I reckon there's 100 eyes in there. There might even be 150. <laughs> so if it's anyone can happens. just count the eyes. And then, uh, Jane, if you... If you um, had a spare hour next week and felt like just cutting the eyes into a little neat package for me. Actually, Hutchie, you could begin your meditation listening to it, maybe. That might be what you way into I, I just clicked on. I clicked on 9.55. I just I thought, I'll find a random spot in the podcast. Yep. 9.55. I covered district cricket. I was good at it. The days when I did it. Oh, it yeah, I said I was good at it, did I? I, used to, I said that, did I? I used to mock you about your Sheffield Shield career. I didn't realise there's there another rung below. You were the district cricket guy. And you, and We've talked about that. In fact, Here's how you talked up what a big product district cricket was from the audio with Max Becker. I was given the district cricket round, like the grade cricket round. Yeah. But back in those days, Dean Jones, who was a superstar Australian, mm-hmm. he would play district cricket in the early parts of a season. He'd want to play district cricket yep. um, for, for Melbourne Cricket Club. And Merv Hughes would bowl for, for Footscray. Tony Dottermade would be playing district cricket. All, all these great – Simon O'Donnell was yeah. was playing. <laughs> and Shane Warne was, was just making his way through, having come out of the Australian Institute of Sport. Play, they, they wanted to play district cricket. So, um, yeah, that's, that was – some early reporting days, but you'd, you'd go and file um, on a on a on a Saturday afternoon when when stumps were, were drawn. You'd, you'd file um, thirty five centimeters or whatever mm-hmm. it is these days, uh, 15, 20 paragraphs of what happened in district cricket. You were filing what thirty five centimeters on district cricket every Saturday night. It was it's still hutchy to be honest <laughs> with you. One of the good reflections on this on this rubbish I've done for thirty years, being able to cover district cricket. I was. Melbourne Cup period's coming up, and we'll get onto the Melbourne Cup actually in the spring racing carnivals. But they used to stop district cricket matches to listen to the Melbourne Cup yep. on a Tuesday. Yeah, they yeah. Did. Anyway, hey, district um, cricket. Speaking of the spring racing carnival, uh, Everest this week, the yep. Everest, the Sydney race, the Peter Volandi's led instigated project to to out of nowhere create a race which which uh, may not have the well doesn't have the historical uh, connections to the sport as as some of the traditional Melbourne races do, but has got as much airplay as any, I would say, story linking to horse racing than anything in the past uh, six, seven years. Uh, what I did notice though, Hachi, so we've got a newspaper in, in this town called the Herald Sun, which tells us, and this is their slogan on the front page, where for you? And and the other slogan they've got, where for Victorians? Yeah, so what I've noticed this week, Hachi, and I have screenshotted a few of these, and you've actually noticed it yourself. You've been obsessed with it all Well, week. you sent me you've a couple of You've been putting circles around yep. them. and So on the week leading into the second or third most iconic race in the Victorian Spring Racing Carnival, and take your pick of Melbourne Cup, Cox Plate, Caulfield Cup. We've got the Caulfield Cup this week. There have been front page promotions in the Victorian Herald Sun yep. of the Sydney, the Everest race. That's extraordinary, isn't it? It's ex- front and back page, full page ads, which which I get the ads, but the, on the front page of and there's three papers I've sent to you where there's been yep. promotions on the front and back pages of the Melbourne newspaper of the Sydney race Just, on a week leading into the Caulfield Cup. Wh- why are you surprised at that? It's a commercial business demo, and they have done. I, I think the Racing New South Wales marketing campaign has been extraordinary, superb. Absolutely A1 superb. And if you were them, you'd be doing the same, which is uh, doing a deal with the Melbourne papers to position in. But just take me through, though, the where for you, where for Victoria. 
and we're going to promote well, the greatest opposition that the Victorian racing industry has ever seen, that being Peter Volandis as a person and the Everest horse race. Well, A, a it's the best sprint race in Australia, so you can't dispute that. Oh, I'm not yeah. disputing it. Well, by as far as you can kick your hat. But on the front page of the Victorian newspaper it, in the week leading into the Caulfield Cup. Everest week, so it is absolutely relevant and timely. And C, C, it's part of a broader commercial deal. So you're running a commercial business. Yep. What? Tell me, what, what are you going to – you're not the ABC, Damon. Would, would it have been run if it was in, in competition with the Cox Plate the next week, Hutchie? I don't, I don't – I think I understand what you're asking, but I'd like you to tell me what you're would saying. Would it have been run in the week leading into the Melbourne Cup where there's also commercial deals at play in, in both the those two race clubs? No, I think – the Herald Sun and the Telegraph. Oh, I think they've got a better relationship with the uh, Flemington um, operations and the Mooney Valley operations particularly than they do the Caulfield so operations. I'll, I'll unpick what you're saying and call it out. You, what, you're, what you're trying to say is that because Peter Blunden, who is the... No, 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 no. no, not getting, no they they, they, they a, don't like Caulfield. A, they do like Mooney Valley. They do like Flemington. And they've got deals at Flemington. They've got deals... I'm assuming they've got maybe a deal at Caulfield as well. But this is extraordinary. In the week not, leading to the Caulfield I, I, Cup... I'm amazed got, that you're amazed. Racing New South Wales are doing a brilliant job marketing their event, and they have been able to have the time, if it is on the front page of the means. Melbourne newspaper. If I'm the Herald Sun, Damo. This or... newspaper creates and and fabricates and makes up wars about Melbourne versus Sydney. Yeah, but it's not it's not positioned as it's not always running in the editorial spot. It's clearly positioned as part of even a worse. It's an ad. It's clearly positioned as part of a broader commercial deal, and that is absolutely fair, reasonable, and fine. Second of thing is, of course, you see that side of it. Mooney Valley have got probably. Um, they have been able to um, foster a, a deeper relationship. I think um, Pete's role in that's been obviously pretty important. And then the VRC have had a long-held relationship with News Limited. And that's all a commercial world. I understand all that, Hachi. I understand all that. But let, let's just get back to what no, I'm raising. they're promoting a pony race. It is the biggest sprint race in Australia. So, But, but the pony race I'm referring to, the Caulfield Cup, Hachi, was once, in people's eyes, so the second it, biggest race in the... And, and again, take your pick. Cox Plate, Melbourne so Cup, So what are you, what are you doing? Cup. You're being anti-commercial for the month, eh? You're being... Oh. You're removing ads. I'm highlighting hypocrisy yet again, Hutchie. Well, the, you know what the paper would cost if it didn't take ads? It would be $15 a day or something, wouldn't it? <laughs> What's well, $4 on it's a not, Sunday now? Absolutely it's, nothing hypocrisy you know, it's $4 now on a Sunday? If, if they... I think it's $4. Their best, their best chance to provide a daily local product is to be a commercially viable <laughs> business to do it. Well, okay. Is there is there other way to stay a viable media organisation is to become a bookmaker as well, which I've been telling you about and you don't want to engage in conversations. It's now official. What's it called? Better, B-E-T-R. Yep. And, and on top of running a big news story about this launch of the – and again, I, I get it. It's a, there's a news story attached to it, but it is a news limited um, – they are a third owner. In it. A third owner. Okay, yep. so there's an ownership element They're to this investor. new, and there's double page spreads on that too. So, so now we've got, um, you know, as we know, Hutchie, there's a lot of evils of gambling stories in that uh, in News Limited papers when it suits them to highlight other evils of gambling. But they're now a bookmaker. Is that am I, am I right in saying this? We've talked about this along the way. That, but now what, it's official. It was it launched on the Wednesday of this week. They've been a bookmaker before. They've had Sunbed in the UK, and they've had an affiliate business through Not in their, Australia that I know of. Well, they've been they've been um, indirectly benefiting from wagering as a um, so the RaceNet business which they own and Punters.com, which they own. Yep. And I'm all for listen. This is just I, another I, step. Let me say this: I am all for this because I am a punter and I actually don't care enough. But what I'm saying here is 
the hypocritical way some organisations, i.e. News Limited, wants to present the evils of gambling when it comes to other ownership of pokies, for instance, and, and other forms. of This is the news organisation becoming a bookmaker. And even further to that, there was a, a deal either announced or about to be announced with the WA tab, is that right? The Western Australian tab? I think Where, it's on the record that they are in the tender process to win. So they're trying to become the, the tote controller of a whole state. In, in WA, I think As a are. news organisation. They're one of... This is interesting, Several. Well, the worlds of publishing and sport and, I guess, wagering have been merging slowly but surely around the world for the last several years. I'm not here to, to offer a view on that. It'll be for other people to decide. But No, I'm happy to offer my view. You, and, you think and it's inappropriate? You're, you're going to sit and, oh, well. Well, what, what's the difference between... I think it's hypocritical. I mean, how many journos write these stories? Okay, what about... Now, again... I was told to stand down because I dared enter in a you commercial know, I'm not sure arrangement. you're the safest voice on the room. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. And actually, yeah. I don't care for it. I, I don't care for it. What I'm highlighting here is hypocrisy. I was told. You're the lead story on told, Media Watch for being in a sports bet ad, and now you're taking the holier ground on whether a no, media organisation should be a wager. As I said at the time, as I said at the time, I couldn't care less. I do gamble very responsibly. I don't need to be told to gamble responsibly by by the outlets that want to take my money. I do gamble responsibly. I use it as an entertainment form, and I can control it. So I'm, I'm fortunate. I can control it. Others can't. But to have editorials and have people and journalists at that organisation be so worked up over the evils of gambling. And now the whole organisation... So are there going to be journos on principle who need to consider positions? You think there will be? Well, there has to be, doesn't there? I know they won't, yep. but I would have thought in a, in, in a oh, world that they tell us look, we need to live and, and to consider everything, it won't. they couldn't possibly work for an organisation that, that is a bookmaker, could they? It won't surprise you that I take a much more pragmatic and <laughs> commercial approach to it. It won't surprise you. Also, I do too, and I don't really care for this topic apart from the hypocrisy no, attached well, to it. I also accept that there'll be good sections of the of the feedback that will disagree with that, but I, I, I think they're entitled to invest. Oh, here we go. They're in every business in the world. They're in movies. They're in entertainment. They're, they're in they're streaming. Now, they're now a bookmaker. It makes sense that for them to, instead of being a receiver of bookmaking uh, or wagering partnerships, to have uh, some skin in the game at some point on their own right. I don't have any problem with that. I think it's a using, smart move. And again, they're obviously going to be using it's a regulator their, their market. Own... The market, the, regu- the regulations are what they are. They'll play within that framework. But they're going to be using their own media platforms to advertise, hey, come and gamble with us. But then they'll put a little rider, hey, but gamble responsibly at the same time. Or do you want a regulated market or do you want an underground market? Like, I, I don't think it's any. Now, to your point, I do think there will be some, probably a small section of their staff-based journalists who will need to decide whether that's for them because they would have been vocal about these issues along the way. Well, they've been very vocal, a lot of them, aren't you? And that's fair and reasonable. And do you think a lot of those people who are vocal too will also be in, as we speak, into the marquees at Caulfield Racecourse, at Mooney Valley Racecourse, at Flemington particularly? Well, you've called this out before in the past. This is news to me. Do do you think that they will be seen in those marquees this year? Because they they can't be seen. Having having asked for people to stand down on the back of of a various arrangement, which was very public at the time. I feel like this is what happens. I feel like I spend... Most episodes defending News Limited against your attacks, and you know, I still get bundled up in this sort of anti-news movement that you've created. I love how you do this. You load me up with your ideas. Let me, I go hard on it, and you act as though you don't you don't subscribe to it. I, I cannot fault or criticise their decision to be part of this commercial world. <laughs> of course, you inside can. the framework. And all, in fact, I'll, I'll, I'll go a step further than that. You're also questioning their editorial independence on this. Oh yes, I am. Yes, I am. I marvel at their <laughs> editorial independence. They take independence. on independence. They they have they have 
customers that spend $30, $40 million with them, and they still run stories about one customer who was upset about their experience in the lobby of the of the hardware store or yeah. the supermarket. But that staff rider is never seen again, Hutchie. Don't, don't, if that slips through the cracks, oh, that a, staff rider is never seen again. I think you can have a crack at them about anything you want, and I understand most of our arguments you mount. But I, they do they do dig in editorially, oh, and their editors do stare down some of those oh. critics from the from the commercial world. So I, I'm defensive, and they're promoting the Sydney race and this week. To be clear, well, I have no dog in the fight on this one, other than offering the count of you. You're just jealous of money's to get some commercial commerciality around the wagering, aren't you? Because you would have been trying to pitch for some of these deals, wouldn't you? No, we're not we're not a wagering owner, Damo. But I do admire the Everest campaign. Oh. I, the, 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 the one I saw last night. On the news, I have, I'll have a good look at this today, but did you see last night on the news, the Everest did the box draw on on drones above the Sydney Harbour yeah. in, the, in the nighttime sky. How smart was that? Do you like that? Great idea. And did they, they did it a couple of years ago. I didn't know what they did this year. Did they then beam the number onto the Opera House? Better than that. They beamed it across the entire Sydney skyline on, on oh, okay. hundreds of drones. Okay. So the box draw in real time was incredible. Fantastic effort. Lucky it wasn't um, cloudy. Is it? Did it need a, a black sky backdrop? Was, it was, we'll retweet the images as well. Oh, we're going to promote it too. No, no, Jane, we're not. I don't want to be seen to be promoting the Everest because I'm a Victorian. I, love, I will and be betting in the Everest and I love the Everest, but I don't need to be seen to be promoting it, Hutchie. Like has has the promotion of it influenced your want to like, – the debate around it has been awesome, hasn't it? Oh, Hutchie, I, I, I will be. And now that trade period's finished, now that footy's finished, I'll be very excited come Saturday morning when I wake up and can try and find more ways to lose yep. money on the weekend with the Everest being part. Although, are we going to race? Are we, is, is Armageddon in two states now? Oh, rain, was The rain. Oh, well, She's a cynic. Oh. Well, ha- sorry. Can't see him running. See, that rain looks bad. Do you recall? Beginners Tai Chi class domos, October 28th. Uh, part of City of Melbourne's healthy ageing program, Tai Chi, is a great way to control excess Hutchie, they abandoned the races in Sydney last late, Saturday. Late last Saturday. A pretty big uh, call to make. It'll be fine. It's a reasonable question to ask this week. It'll be fine for this Saturday. Oh, they hey, abandoned did, them last week. Hey, just while we're on the topic of news, by the way, did you see that Bruce Guthrie gave you another drive-by during the week? Oh, he didn't, did he? He did. <laughs> didn't he the do former, it a couple of weeks ago? The former editor of the Herald Sun. Oh, no, not just the editor, editor-in-chief. Yep. yep. What, did he, what did he do this week? He uh, said, I'd sooner have the missteps of a club seeking meaningful change than the paralysis and mediocrity of the last five years, Essendon Footy Club. And then when someone went back at him about your column, he gave you another... Uh, <laughs> oh, there it is. As for this rubbish, it's just that. Rubbish. rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> with, a, with a link to you. <laughs> oh, come on, Bruce. Let it go, How the upset, Bruce? No, I haven't upset Bruce. He just can't see through the Essendon haze in his eyes. That's all. As I said last week, that the Bruce that I work with and felt I know and knew would have pulled apart the Essendon Footy Club like no one else if if he may not have had an allegiance to the club itself because it's a perfect media story. But so you think he's blinkered by his... Oh, well, come on. What is it? Yeah. Rubbish. Yeah, we were... Oh, we have on, to apologise. Last week we were trying to dissect the Andrew Thorburn story in real time. This was our last, last Tuesday morning. You and I were debating how they couldn't... Not have possibly known. Yeah. Two metres away, he was here being interviewed by Gary and Tim through the wall while we were debating him, and I didn't realise I walked out. <laughs> we could have got him in. And then it all it all blew up during the day. Was it that morning? Yeah. 
We've lost track of days, Hutchie. Now it's all said and done. <laughs> Nine days on. What was your take on the decision? Oh, well, you, you, you hit it hard. I mean, what I said at the time at, um, the Herald Sun had revealed there was a connection to the church and, and the statements made by the church, I wanted to hear what he had to say um, before I had a judgment on it. And once I had heard what he had to say through what you were saying with, with Gary and Tim, he had to stand down. Because I, I wanted to, I wanted well, he him to, to personally... He had, he had to choose, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, and he did choose, yeah. Um, I want him to personally denounce and personally disconnect himself from the statements, and, and he chose not to, and then that's fine. I, I respect, and I mean this serious, seriously and sincerely, I respect anyone's right to, to position themselves however they choose to, and that, that is part of the debate. But when you're running a footy club that claims inclusivity of everyone and every thought process and every view and, and every walk of life, you, you can't, so you relinquish that right. So, yeah, and you picked up on that immediately um, at the time. But, again, we, we spoke before the story had you know, evolved. But, but again, to your point, I just assumed the club, and this is where I was giving the club too much credit, that David Barrow may have been aware of it. No Google. No, but no, Bruce Guthrie doesn't think that's an issue. No Google at Essendon, unfortunately. But no uh, the interesting thing in all this is it, it, that uh, Andrew the next day played the victim by releasing a statement saying, Sections of the media had had, uh, had their say and taken aim at him, and that was where it began for him. People only took aim at him because he didn't distance himself from his church having taken aim at others. Correct. So he got absolutely, unfortunately, what he deserved in this. I agree. He didn't distance or denounce himself from... And you can't go in and run a diverse and inclusive business and culture if you don't believe in its values. It's yeah. as simple as that. And just say it. Just, just and if you say don't, that's, yeah. if you say, oh, I don't... I don't share those views. Mm. They're out of step with most of society, but that's your view. Yep. That's fine. Yep. And But you can't go and run an organisation that, that does. Yeah. And it's like he almost got um, more strength as the initial 24 hours passed because he then doubled down on a statement that yep. was stronger than the first one. But it was more reason to not be the Essendon chief executive. Do you, why do you think it became as big as it did nationally as a story? Oh, for for all the obvious reasons, actually, because if you if you if you want to pick apart and if you want to just choose certain parts of it, the religious side of it yep. being the one, if you don't want to scratch beneath the surface, and just take it as, oh, here's a man who or person who who can't be given a job because of his beliefs. I mean, th- that's the easiest and cop out way of dealing with this story. Would so, you agree with that? Well, let me ask you because your brother, who by the way I saw on Grand Final Day walking, I meant to mention this. I saw Peter Dutton walk through the grand final function, the letter of the opposition. Towering figure. He's walking through the room. And he walks past the table I'm on. And I see a guy walking alongside him who looked a lot like you. A lot like me, but, not, <laughs> but, but, nine, but nine years younger. Yeah, he, he's with the Secret Service guy. He's got an earpiece in. And there's there's a little, like a mini Damo walking past. <laughs> uh, let me put this before I go into my Peter Dutton rant. A, was that your brother? And B, is he the official advisor to Peter Dutton's media policy? Uh, well, yes, it was my brother. And I, don't know, I don't know where he is in the hierarchy, but yeah, that, that, was would, like, that would have been him. He's the, he's the guy. He's walking along with Pete and the Secret Service guy. And he looks like you 10 years ago. Yeah. He, <laughs> you, you, I was like, I was just about to enjoy a bread roll. Like, Whoa, there's a little demo, is it? He says he walks into bars and he says people come and smash him. <laughs> and he goes, hey, it's not me. <laughs> it was it was mini demo. It's not who along, you think it is. Walking along with Peter Dutton. So I want, to, I want you to ask mini demo this question. 
Mini Damo. His name's Adrian, and he's uh, he's nine years younger than me. Did Mini Damo, Dutton's guy Mini Damo, as we'll call him from now on, and <laughs> and Matt Guy, formerly known the artist formerly known as Matthew, <laughs> did both of them move straight to the – do they feel that their base is the religious set in the Liberal Party? Do they feel there was a cheap and quick way at votes? Yeah. And did they curry favour very quickly by denouncing Essendon's – Behaviour, but do they curry favour? Do, do they actually curry favour? Well, they, well, they. Spe- I know where you're going with it. Yeah. Well, well trace speaking, it back. To the, speaking to the quiet Australians, don't they? Do they go straight for the conservative? Our, the Liberal Party's full of religious voters. Uh, we won't be persecuted by our religion. There's a little morning conference call. Mini Damo says, "Everyone on the call at seven, I've got one for us here." <laughs> uh, Matt Guy rings in. Are you there, uh, Matthew? Uh, it's Matt here. Uh, right. Okay. Uh, we've got one here. On, we're going to take a position on this. Well, you know, a lot of our uh, constituents uh, are not going to be happy about this. Righto, okay, who's going to go first? Matt, we might roll you out because Dan has already been active on this in Victoria. And then Mini Domo is going to put uh, Dutton up about one in Canberra this afternoon. He's speaking at the press gallery at 145. I'll get on, one did, of the journalists Did to Dutton announce? Oh, I can't remember what Dutton, Dutton said. Dutton weighed in as well. Did he? Yeah, I'm well, he did. So that's how the story became. Well, look, there was a political angle on do this. The, trace the timeline. Am trace I, the, is my theory on this right or trace wrong? The, well, look at Tony Abbott. He would have. He he wouldn't have been able to help himself have a comment by by if the story was published at six thirty seven a.m. There would have been a comment by six thirty eight a.m. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and Peter Credlin is also part of that crew, isn't isn't she? I don't know. You your, oh, well, your brother's the. Well, you, you're the one who told me who I was friends with, Tony Abbott and Peter Credlin, because of my brother. Mini, Mini Damo is at the centre of this. Well, so. I saw Peter Credlin offer can her we, views on it. Can we get Mini Damo on? Yeah. I'd love to get him on. Can we get him on? <laughs> Getting Mini Damo, Dutton's man this, Mini Damo on. This could be dangerous. I, I can't believe I forgot to mention that. I, I've always just... I think he told me he saw you, actually. I've always... Jo- I didn't get a chance to speak to him, clearly, because he's with the Secret Service, but I've always joked and, and laughed about... I think he was dagging everyone that Your day. brother being... I think he got a photo with Delta Goodrum. Your brother being a power player. I've always joked about that. I saw it with my own eyes. What I didn't... What I wasn't ready for... If I if I wanted to go back through my text messages with him, I reckon he might have told me he saw you that day. And I think I might have said go up and say hello. The thing I wasn't prepared for was that he looked like you. Because <laughs> <laughs> your other brother who I met doesn't look that no, much like No, he doesn't like look like no. you. And, so and Julian's <laughs> four years younger. Adrian's yeah, nine so years I'm, younger. And there's a leisure in between Julian so and, and myself. The guy in the middle looks nothing like you. And then there's... Mini Domo. <laughs> the next one. Walking alongside Peter Dutton. Yeah. I, I, I was imagining his cynicism as they walked through the room. Oh, it's a bit overcrowded. Do they fill this too many tables, did, didn't they? Did you do a double take? Did you? <laughs> what are you doing? Wait a minute. <laughs> oh, so, I know so, where we're going. Dutton's man, Mini Domo, has advised him into the issue. <laughs> we probably should get to question of the week, should we? Yeah, we should. Yep. <laughs> On the sounding board, it's our question of the week for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to drink, choose to Drinkwise. Now, in true fashion, we don't read these questions before we get to them, so I don't know where this is going to go. This is there's a really involved one here from Chris Gauchy on email, Hutchie. It's about um, it's for you, but it's about gambling, and we've already spoken a lot about gambling, or I have anyway, on this episode. So I'll go to Danny May on email. Am I being cynical, or is there an emerging trend in media at the preemptive strike against major sports? The timing for maximum damage, with negative stories being run in the lead up to major events, seems almost predictable now. The ABC Hawthorne report, the latest example of this phenomenon. 
The Australian Open Tennis and Spring Carnival are annual targets also. Can I place a watch on the ABC and The Age running a story or even campaign against the racing industry in the next few weeks? I believe this is becoming an annual event. Your thoughts, boys? It's a really good point. I, I haven't um, analysed this topic apart from having a similar view at times with reason to Danny May on that email question, Hutchie. But when the Warnable Racing Carnival is about to come on, you get the anti-jumps. Jumps, and, and that's look, that's fair enough. They're, they're allowed to think that's a bad thing. But they wait. And again, for maximum impact, they wait for the Warnable Carnival. Um, we'll have the horse welfare issue. And again, I mean, deservedly so. The horse welfare issue is a major issue, but it will be on Melbourne Cup Day. The Australian Open Tennis... It's it's a really good point. It's a really good point that there are activists and and campaigns around the activism yep. that relate to the sporting calendar, don't they? There are. Oh, that said, sometimes you see some. I only must admit, I sped read it last week, but I thought it was from what I read, it was a well constructed. There was a, an, an article in the Age last week on the relationship Gen Z is going to have with racing, and how it is growing up to be. You know, cynical about. There's no relationship with racing at all. There's just a relationship with the punt. No, the the Gen Z are more hypersensitive to animal welfare and to. But they still like a punt, don't they? From what I can gather. Well, the the um, the I'll I'll share the article and I'll speak a bit more about it next week. But there, there was a discussion around how that how that level of fan will intersect with the event side of racing versus distance themselves. They interviewed some young people about their views on animal welfare, but also their want to go to the races and be with their friends and how they kind of bring those two worlds together. I found it an interesting way to kind of assess the story rather than just the shock jock yeah, okay. annual event that we see where people whack everything. Like fundamentally in life, you can make your own choices. Yep. You can be into whatever you're into mm. and not what you're not into. And if you do it responsibly and inside a, a regulatory framework, what do we all get so upset about everything for? Yeah. I, everyone else will, will. No, work. but I think to the activism, to what, Danny Mays is referring to there. It is calendar driven, yep. and, and and I suppose that's smart play, isn't it? If you, if you're trying to get attention to your cause, do it at the time when the focus is heightened. We but, also in the questions of the week had a lot of for drink wise. A lot of um, you won't miss a chance to answer the tough questions of drink wise. We had a lot of questions about the perceived warming of David Zeta during the trade period too. A lot of questions or one? I think there was one, aren't you? No, we had a lot. No, I think there was one. And, and what's the warming of David Zeta? Well, David's been a fascinating topic for you on this podcast because no, you've, he hasn't. you've been mentioning by the week that he's been trying to get on the right flank of the Channel 7 reporter no, what I did on do, Friday night to get to hang time. Yes, and I did do that. And I did that, I felt humorously tongue-in-cheek because I used to work with David at the footy show and I'm really happy for him. He's had some and, and I'm going to say proud of him the way he's tracking us. You know me I mean? too. Yeah. So I, but, but when His he did Margaret's sit wonderful contributor yeah. to philanthropic life in Victoria. But just to reset that, what I did raise him, and I'm, I'll do it again, he managed to, and I thought it was very clever, put himself right behind the camera that had the focus of the Friday night football. And, and it was done three weeks in a row, and I called it out, Hutchie. And I reckon I was right. And well done to him because you would have done that same thing yourself as a young uh, TV journalist. I'm an unashamed fan. He got some serious hang time on the Fox product every night. It, it was noted by our audience that he moved from David Zeta yeah. to Zeets. <laughs> and that he, he removed the glasses to oh, the glasses, change oh, the glasses the look. gone. I came back on last night, though. On the authoritative night, so the glasses have gone. I don't know whether he was rolling with the contacts or what's your advice? As what's your advice to him on this? Because I think the glasses look very zeet. That's uh, <laughs> so nice. Zeet. I think they look um, what in, powerful in a journalist. 
except you don't think that of me, Hutchie. You but just called me four eyes. But then he looked very handsome when he took them off as well. So it's a tough one for him. Which... Well, well let, let me let me speak with some experience about wearing glasses on TV, Hutchie. You're going to get called four eyes. Goggles. Coke bottles. You've, you've, you've actually encouraged that by turning your I own... I haven't encouraged it, Hutchie. I've just got I, no choice. Encourage it. Your own Twitter handle is, is a, a shot of your, your glasses. They're not my glasses. They're a shot of glasses. Your, your, your avatar. <laughs> <laughs> is that what you call it? Yeah. Your avatar. Let me have a look at it here. Your avatar just consists of a pair of glasses. Yeah. You of all people cannot be... Because Look at that pair of glasses. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I don't like the avatar you look. You don't like being, uh, but you're happy to promote it for your own uh, followers' reasons. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, well done what, to David. I thought he did a great. Point? I thought he did a great job. He came, Z, no, not the David. Zeitz. Zeitz. He grew as a personality during this period. He came out the end with a with Zeitz. Some warmth. I thought. <laughs> We might have lost our way. We've lost our way. <laughs> yeah. Time to Might be time to finish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies for the last 20 minutes there. Uh, episode 36, uh, unless Jane's forgotten to add one when she did a couple weeks ago. No, it's thumbs up. No movement on Toby Green. Still still won't be considering a move. Who said there was? Tom Brown has ruled it out. But didn't Tom Brown say it was? He's at odds with himself. This has been the sounding board for Drinkwise. Thanks for listening to the Sounding Board podcast with Hutchie and Damo. Tune in for questions tomorrow and to send a question to the boys, email thesoundingboard at sen.com.au, follow the show on Twitter at Sounding Board EP and like the Facebook page. It's all thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Drinkwise.